as we uh, as we begin this, again this morning, uh, I'm going to to at least uh, temporarily, I guess, look back at a portion of scripture that we've looked at a couple of weeks ago, uh, and then uh, begin where I where I'd like to begin today. But I'll, I'll turn back to kind of set the context of some things that we've been talking about. Uh, let's turn to Hebrews chapter two. Uh, thought it very interesting. Brother Adam brought this verse of scripture up on Wednesday night. Uh, that uh, sometimes things just work like that. Uh, but as we were, as we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now, uh, about taking taking heed to some things. The Bible talks about here in Hebrews chapter two. Uh, after he has gone through the first chapter of Hebrews and talked about how Christ is better than uh, than the prophets, Christ is better than Abraham, uh, Christ is better than the angels, uh, and then he and as he mentions there at the end of the uh, first chapter how that uh, that the angels, uh, he, you know, which of the angels he said, did I say at any time sit up, sit thou on my right hand? He's giving Christ that exalted place as he's talking through this portion of scripture here and telling us to keep in mind that Christ is the one as we go, as you're going down through the, through the second chapter, you know, he talks about Christ humbled himself and took on the form of uh, took on the form of man. He was made a little lower in the angels for the suffering of death. All of these things he's pointing toward Christ. Uh, so as we as we ultimately think about this portion of scripture, but right here in the middle of this, all of this praise about how Christ is better than this. Christ has got the exalted position. Christ humbled himself and became like a man so that he could suffer and die uh, for you and me. Right in the middle of all this. He says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. So, and that, uh, and the Bible tells us, you know, uh, middle column references sometimes gives you a little different uh, viewpoint of some things. It, it ta- says that that let them slip means uh, to run out like a leaking vessel. Uh, and I think about that, you know, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, we're all just leaking vessels. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, whether it's be like, uh, I, when I'm, when I'm doing my, when I'm doing my yard work for one of the things, first things I do besides go out and, you know, put the gas in the lawnmower and, uh, check the oil and do all that kind of stuff. I've gotten in the habit over the years. I, I've realized, uh, trying to cut my yard, you know, I'm one of these, I'm one of these guys that when I get done with the yard, I like to look back at it and see that the grass is at least kind of level looking, you know, the way it's cut. I, it, you know, irritates me to look and see that it's dipped down on one side, it's whacked in on this side, you know. And, and so I've learned uh, through, through, you know, 30, 40, 50 years of cutting grass, so get out there and check the tire pressure on those things because you know, the tire, if the tires aren't balanced out, that lawnmower will sit just a little bit crooked. And the next thing you know, you're cutting the grass and it looks like you've scalped it on one side and cut it on the other, you know, and so you get out there. But And the reason I have to check those tires is they have a slow leak to them. Uh, and you and I, when we come here on Sunday morning, uh, in spite of all the distractions that we might have in, in this world and everything else that's going on, if you get just a little bit of God's Word while you're here, the, the best thing we can know is it's going to slowly leak out. Over the next, uh, you know, uh, what is it? I, I heard this one time years ago uh, that we only retain, you know, even like our reading and our listening. You know, you're sitting in the classroom. We got teachers here. Uh, it's something like you only retain like 20% of what you hear in the course of a day or something like that. You know, so even sitting here like this for you, you're only going to retain a little portion of this. That's the reason I try to sometimes, as I'm trying to preach and to teach, go back and emphasize certain points. Uh, and try to repeat these things as often as I can. And so uh, he tells us here in this, in this portion of Scripture, we need to give the more earnest heed. What is that? Uh, <clears throat> that word heed uh, means to, to, uh, to guard or to keep. Uh, we need to give the more, you know, if you don't give the most earnest heed to the stop sign when you're going down the road, and I don't mean just look at it. 
You know, uh, oh, I gave the most, I saw that stop sign, officer, uh, just as I was going right on through. Uh, you didn't give the most earnest heed to the stop sign if you just looked at it and waved at it as you went by. Uh, you know, so, so he tells us here is this, in this portion of scripture that we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness both in signs and wonders with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will, uh, and so forth. So he, he goes on down through this portion of Scripture. And uh, as he... As he moves on into the third chapter that we mentioned here a few weeks ago, uh, he talks about the fact that the children of Israel didn't enter into the land of rest that God had for them, Canaan's land. All those uh, above the age of 19 uh, that were adults, except for Joshua and Caleb, did not and were not allowed to enter in, and they all died in the wilderness. And the reason they they, they didn't enter in was because of unbelief. They didn't believe that God would give them the land that he told them he would give them. And so because of unbelief, they did not enter into the rest that God had for them. Uh, They didn't give the more earnest heed to the things they heard. They heard God say, I'm going to give you the land. They saw God deliver them out of Egypt, drop by a mighty hand and cut through the Red Sea and destroy the Egyptian army. They saw God feed them with manna and turn the bitter waters of Marah uh, sweet by the cutting down of a palm tree. Uh, only God could do something like that, right? I mean, uh, uh, Lord, the waters here are bitter. Uh, go cut a palm tree down and fall it down in there. Oh, boy. I, 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 I would have come up with that one right away, wouldn't you? Uh, uh, so God, God made the bitter waters sweet, uh, but I'll tell you, He makes the bitter waters of our life sweet many, t- many times uh, uh, by soothing our fears and uh, calming our t- our tears in this life. Uh, God makes it sweet for you and me. Uh, uh, why? And and we can see that. Uh, you know how we get a little glimpse of the bitter waters that are made sweet. We see that there's a land of rest beyond this land that we're living in. And uh, the children of Israel, as they journeyed there in that old dry, dusty dirty land. Uh, uh, God made the bitter waters for them. He even made water to come out of a rock uh, to give them the water they needed and he caused manna to be there for them every day. Uh, and I'll tell you, God does many great things for you and we'd give the more, uh, we'd be uh, uh, much better off if we gave the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard while we journey here and just believe God. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes we say, well, I don't see how uh, God's going to do this. Just believe God. Just, just give the more earnest heed to the things you've heard and just believe that He will. When they, were, when they journeyed and the spies went across and spied out the land, they came back and said, well, whew, walled cities over there. Man, uh, giants over there. Oh, whew, can't do that. Oh, no. Uh, and I'll tell you, me and you have giants in our land. There's giants you and I face every day. Uh, uh, things, that, things that we can't overcome, but God can. And so we need to we need to take the more earnest heed to the things that we've heard. Well, so the, the, so as I was studying on this, then I then I get, got to looking back at some things. And I'm thinking, well, uh, and we mentioned this last Sunday. Uh, you know, God. You know, when God inspired somebody like the writer here in Hebrews to write down, you ought to give the more, take the more earnest heed to these things. You know, you know, sometimes we find it's not just a coincidence that God says something like take heed to something, and so we turn back. Over last week, went back into the book of Exodus, uh, and we started there, uh, I think, in uh, chapter 10 and chapter 19. Uh, and I'll just go back over and look at chapter 19 real quickly uh, to kind of get a to get a glance at this thing, and we'll move on quickly from this. Uh, but just trying to summarize and uh, give you just a little bit of a uh, summary of where, uh, where we came from last week. Because here in the 19th chapter of the book of Exodus, uh, uh, the children of Israel, uh, uh, it, it talks about uh, that in the third month after they had gone out from the land of Egypt, they came to, uh, to the wilderness of Sinai uh, and so forth, and they pitched there in their, in their camp, and Israel camped before the mountain. 
mountain of God. Uh, and Moses went up to God, and the Lord called out to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, Ye have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me or a set-aside treasure unto me above all the people on the earth, uh, for, uh, upon all, above all the people, for all the earth is mine. God said, you're going to be special. All the earth's mine. But you're going to be a special people if you are obedient to the covenant. And I'll tell you today, uh, there, every, everything that, uh, that, cre- that was created on this earth, the, the heavens, the earth, all these things belong to God. But you know what? You're a special people when you keep the word of God uh, and do what he commands you to do. And not only that, he'll bless you in, in the keeping of these things. So he goes on down through here uh, and tells them... Uh, that all and and all the, and and you shall be uh, unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I think we covered this last Sunday. And all the people answered and said, "All that the Lord has said, we will do." And Moses returned the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said, "Lo, I come to thee in a thick cloud, and so forth." And the Lord said unto Moses, "Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of the people upon Sinai." And thou shalt set bounds unto the people around about, saying, Take heed to yourselves. Now, the commandment was God's fixing to come down on the mountain. Uh, the mountain's going to be on fire. And if they'd have gone up and touched the mountain, they would have died just like that. Uh, also, he told them, uh, Sanctify yourself. You're about to go into the presence of God. Clean yourselves up. You you clean the dirt off of you. Clean your clothes. Prepare. Uh, and so, a lot of times, as we're as we're thinking about, even uh, I know we're not going to the mountain of God today when you come to the household of God. Uh, but you know, there ought to be some preparation we make to get ready to come to the house of God. If nothing else, we ought to be in prayer. We ought to sanctify ourselves, uh, set aside our hearts and our minds to come to prepare and pray that we'll come into the presence of God when we come here, and that God will actually be among us. It's Holy Spirit will fill us and that we've prepared ourselves to be in that place. So take heed to yourselves. Uh, and that was kind of that's kind of one of the themes that goes throughout part of this part of the scriptures here. Uh, and, and it remind, reminds me if we went back and I think it was a couple of weeks ago we did this also. Uh, but there in the uh, fourth chapter of the uh, uh, the uh, book of First Timothy, the, the apostle Paul wrote to the young preacher Timothy and told him there, he says, Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, for in doing so you shall save yourselves and them that hear thee. So, Timothy, take heed to yourself. Why? Because, Timothy, you need to be careful how you're acting before the people. What, what's your conduct, Timothy? Take heed to yourself and, and the example you're setting before others. Uh, and that's good ex- admonition for all of us ministers. Paul talking to a young minister uh, and telling him that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. People are going to hear all kinds of doctrines and teach all types of doctrines. Timothy, you take heed to yourself and how you're acting and what you're doing. And, uh, and by doing that, you'll be setting the kind of example that will help others... Uh, and also you'll, you'll save yourself from what, Timothy? By, by living a good life, you're going to suddenly uh, save yourself so that you can be in heaven uh, one day? No, uh, but you will save yourself from a lot of trouble and trials and pitfalls in this world. And God will go with you. So take heed to yourself, Timothy, and to the doctrine. Uh, and, and in other words, to the teaching. Teach the right things, Timothy. Uh, you know, we can... Uh, <clears throat> You know, the word doctrine simply means teaching anyway. Uh, so, so teach the right things. Teach the right teachings. <laughs> Take heed to yourselves and to the teachings that you're doing. Uh, and, and I think part of that also would mean, Timothy... What you teach, you do also. <laughs> take heed to take, take heed to what you teach, and also take heed to, uh, to what you're teaching. But also, Timothy, you you follow what you're teaching. So in doing that, you're not a hypocrite. <laughs> uh, do what you say, or other people ought to do. You ought to be doing that, and in doing that, you'll save yourself and those that hear thee. So uh, we turn on. Uh, he started this, and there's some other places here in Exodus we could go to, but I'm going to skip over what I mentioned to you last Sunday. Uh, let's go over to the fourth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. 
and there's a number of places here in Deuteronomy that uh, that I'm, I might get to. We'll see. Uh, but we've been studying through Deuteronomy on Wednesday nights, and uh, uh, Brother Adam's been bringing us a lot of good instruction on all of that, and uh, it's good to go back and look at some of these things uh, even on Sunday morning. So in the fourth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, uh, the, the, the setting, of course, is the... Uh, uh, the travel uh, in the uh, book of Numbers uh, has come has come to an end, uh, or close to coming to an end. Uh, they have uh, they've been journeying forty years. Uh, Moses has already been told you're not going to be allowed to go into the land of Canaan because uh, you you hit the rock twice instead of speaking to the rock uh, and. Uh, Plus, you, you know, you stood up there before the people and says, do we have to bring you water? Like Moses was the one bringing them water. It wasn't God bringing the water out of the rock and so forth. So he had done, he had done several things there that uh, God finally says, that's it. <laughs> uh, you know, one too, one too many times, Moses. And so uh, the time comes here. That, but, but before they enter into Canaan's land, Moses wanted to again review with them what God had told them 40 years earlier. The laws of God and how they were to keep themselves and what they were to do uh, before they go into Canaan's land. So here in this fourth chapter, he says, Now now therefore, hearken, O Israel. That's that's an interesting word. We could stop and pause for a minute and think about that. Hearken, listen, uh, Israel, uh, hear and do. That's what that's what it means. Don't just uh, hear, but hear and do. That kind of like that. Take heed to the stop sign. Don't, don't just see it. Don't just hear uh, uh, the admonition of someone. But both hear and do what God commands us. Now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and to the judgments which I teach you for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord your God, the God of your fathers giveth you. And ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. So, take hearken to the things that God has commanded you, both hear and do them. Don't add to them. Don't take away from them. Uh, and your <clears throat> and uh, your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. So uh, God's already taken care of one one situation. You saw that. Uh, you know, it's a lot. We've talked about this before. I've used this as an example a lot of times. But you know, uh, something we ought to all all think about from time to time is you know. We see something someone else does, and it gets them in trouble, you know. And and this is this is good whether it's young children in school, uh, uh, whether it's young children in school, or whether it's uh, us adults. Uh, you see somebody doing something, and they get in trouble, and say, "Hmm, I wonder what I can learn from that." Uh, uh, do I learn that I want to get in trouble and want to go down the same, get in the same uh, difficulties, they, or do maybe I stop and pause and say, "Ah." They did that. This happened. Uh, maybe I need to not refrain my. I need to refrain myself from doing those kind of things. And and so uh, Moses reminds the people. You remember the people that followed after Baal. Uh, uh, he says God took care of them and destroyed them. Uh, and uh, so he's giving that and reminding them of that. He says, "But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive." <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you're you're alive. Every one of you uh, this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that uh, ye should do do so in the land whether you go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. Now I think this is, this is an interesting uh, phrase that what's going to make you different from all the other nations and what other nations are going to see is that your wisdom and your understanding is that you follow the things of God and God blesses you and gives you this land. You shall hear all these statutes and say, surely this is a great nation. Uh, this Surely this great nation is wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh to them as the Lord your God is in all the things 
things that we call uh, call upon him for. And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all of this law which I set before you this day? So while other nations had laws and other nations had commandments, nobody had one that had, was like the, the children of Israel were receiving uh, from from their God. Uh, namely, if you want, if you didn't think of anything else, one of the things that they had was a, a, a law that says, "Thou shall have no other gods before me." Thou shalt not make uh, graven images under your gods. In other words, don't carve them out of stone. Don't make them out of wood. Don't make them out of gold or brass or anything else. Don't worship the image of some false god made like unto an animal or the sun or the moon or any of these things. Uh, in fact, he goes on and says that in the in the coming verses. Uh, and other people will say, What nation is there so great who hath a god so nigh to them that comes and dwells with them? They've heard his voice. The, they've seen the light. Uh, they've seen the uh, the uh, the cloud by day and the fire by night upon their tabernacle that caused them to move and to follow after that. Who has a, what nation has a God that comes and actually dwells with them? Uh, and so he says, only verse nine. Only take heed to thyself. You notice this "take heed" phrase didn't just originate over in Hebrews. Uh, Paul, Paul comes back, I think, there in Hebrews and reminds them of what God had commanded them a number of times. Take heed to thyself. Guard yourself, children of Israel. Keep and do what God has commanded you to do. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. Whoa! Give the more earnest seed to the things you've heard. Now then, he tells us here in Deuteronomy, Take heed to thyself, keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. Uh, Take the more earnest heed to the things you've heard. Pay attention to what you've seen. uh, And lest they they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. What are we supposed to do today? I think the very same thing that God has commanded the children of Israel here today. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us we go on it if we fast forwarded through the book of Hebrews a little bit further over to about the 10th chapter. It tells us there not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Why? <laughs> right? That, I mean, today, the uh, all the popular movements, you know, well, you can have church wherever you want to, uh, do this, do that. Uh, but it tells us don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why? <laughs> because we're to hear some things and we're to... Uh, see some things and we're to teach some things to our sons and our sons' sons. Uh, And I'm not saying you can't teach them out separately, uh, uh, but uh, God has called men to preach and to teach these things to other people and to uh, admonish God's children. Why? So that the sons and the sons' sons and the sons' sons' sons uh, can all be taught these things from the very earliest of ages. You're setting an example for them that worshiping God and gathering together to worship Him is the right thing to do and not to forsake these things. So he tells us here uh, in, the, in the book of Deuteronomy, you know, you're, we're not in the New Testament. We're back in the Old Testament again. And here he's saying, only take heed to thyself. Guard yourself and to keep your soul diligently lest you forget these things which thine eyes have seen and they depart from you, uh, depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them to thy sons and to thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord God in horror when God said unto thee, said unto me, Gather the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. We're to respect and fear God and to teach that to our children. If you're not doing that, if we're not doing that, and I think we've got a generation that's not doing that uh, these days, uh, uh, if we're not teaching our children uh, to fear God and to keep His commandments, for this is the whole new... Uh, uh, the whole duty of man. Uh, if we're not teaching them that in our in our life, in our in our learning, uh, then we're failing the very basic things what God commanded Israel back in their day. 
hear, see, and do what God has commanded us to do. And so he says, I, I, I taught you this when, he, uh, when you were gathered together before me there at Horeb. And he says, uh, I will make them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, that they may teach their children. And you came near and you stood near under the mountain and the mountains burned with fire under the, uh, under the midst of heaven with darkness and clouds and thick darkness. And the Lord spake to you out of the midst of the fire and you heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only heard a voice. Kind of strange words, isn't it? What does, that, what does that mean? That means they didn't see any image, nothing that was like God. In other words, so so when you try to go make an image and say, uh, God looks like this uh, falcon, or God looks like an eagle, or God looks like the sun, uh, God looks like a bear, or whatever you want to do. So there's no similitude of thing that you can make. All you heard that day on the mountain was a voice. That's what you heard. There was no similitude of anything that looked like him. And he declared unto you his covenant, and he commanded you to perform it, even the Ten Commandments, not just... Not just the Ten Commandments, but even the Ten Commandments. You heard him command you to do a lot of things. Uh, the Ten Commandments was a part of that. Uh, but he says, and he wrote them upon two tables of stone. And the Lord commanded me that at that time to teach you the statutes and the judgments that you might do them in the land, whether you go over to possess it. Take ye therefore what? Good heed. Take good heed to these things, brethren. Listen to what I'm telling you and be, uh, be advised uh, and follow after what I'm teaching you at this time. Take you, therefore, good heed unto yourselves. <clears throat> today, uh, <laughs> you know, it's still like this today. Everybody's really good at looking at what everybody else is doing and saying, boy, this brother, this sister, this person, this neighbor, whatever, boy, they need to straighten up and get things straightened out. You know, God didn't say, uh, tell, tell your neighbor he better take heed. He says, take heed to yourselves. Uh, we, you know, uh, brother Adam, again, I, I keep talking, mentioning brother Adam, but brother Adam over the last several years has gone through the uh, book of Matthew, still going through the book of Matthew. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, but he, but in the course of that, he, t- he told us over there, uh, you know, he says, uh, judge not lest ye be judged. Boy, I said, boy, I know that verse. Everybody likes to quote that one these days. You know what the verse of scripture is telling us? Take heed to yourselves. Get the get the log out of your eye. Get the moat out of your eye before you try to get the spo, spe, speck out of somebody else's eye. In other words, get yourself straightened up. This for you can help somebody else, right? I mean, that's what it's saying. It's not saying have no judgment. Don't have, don't judge anything. Why? Goodness gracious, God God wouldn't even be God if He would, didn't judge anything. And He again tells us to be have some judgment ourselves uh, about right and wrong. And this is the source of a lot of things that we judge to be the things we judge to be right and wrong. Not just because I say it's wrong. Who am I? You know. And, and a lot of people today get that haughty, arrogant attitude. You know, and say, well. I said, you know, let's go back to the Word of God. What does God's Word say? That's how, that's how you judge things anyway. So he, tell, he tells them here in this portion of Scripture, Take ye therefore good heed to yourselves. In other words, start with yourselves. That's, a good, that's good advice today. Uh, parents, take, heed, take good heed to yourselves. You want to, you want to train your children up? Start out by taking heed to yourselves in what you're doing. What are you? What example are you setting? Uh, grandparents, <laughs> that's good for us too. Take take good heed to yourselves. What are you teaching? What are you uh, example are you setting? Uh, what road are you leading your children and your grandchildren on? What kind of example are you setting for your neighbors and your friends and so forth? All these things, uh, and that's not just. Uh, your training part of it, you know, Brother Adam, of course, has been teaching us all again, you know, about being uh, being good to our neighbors. Uh, uh, 
you know, set, being good to them, setting the right example, doing the right thing. Uh, so he tells us, Take you therefore good heed to yourselves, for you saw uh, no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in horror out of the midst of the fire, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make, and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of a beast. And you can go on down through there. I'm not going to read all that. He says, Don't try to make it after the similitude of anything. Because there's no likeness that you can make that's going to mirror God. You say, well, Brother Charles, we, we don't have that problem. Uh, well, maybe not exactly. Uh, but we need to be careful what kind of images we're trying to make gods out of uh, in this old world. And so he says, uh, uh, furthermore, verse 21, I'll skip down to that. You can read the in-between part of it. Uh, furthermore, the Lord God was angry with me for your sakes and swear that I should not go over Jordan and that I should not go into the good land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for inheritance. But I must die in this land. I must not go over to Jordan, but ye shall go over and possess that good land. 23, take heed to yourselves. Do you see how this is a, three times in this chapter alone, uh, the Lord is says, Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord, which he made with you, and make you a graven image of the likeness of anything which the Lord God thy God hath forbidden thee. For the Lord thy God is a consuming God, consuming, uh, there is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Now, I believe last week we read the same thing uh, where he said uh, uh, he was jealous of his people, right? My name is jealous, I think he said on, on one occasion. Uh, God is a jealous God. He does not want to share His glory with anything. Uh, and so when we think about that, whether we're, uh, you know, uh, ministers can get to the place to where they exalt themselves uh, and, and get to the point where they think somehow or another they deserve some glory or some honor of some kind. Uh, but, but us ministers need to remember, we're not to share... God doesn't share, want to share His glory with anybody. It's not to me. Uh, I'm, just a, I'm just a servant, a messenger, uh, to come here and try to teach you what God's Word says, not what Charles says. And so as we, as we come here on any given day, we're to remember, uh, take heed to yourselves. Take heed to what you're doing. Uh, and how, what kind of example you're setting. And one example he gives us here is don't go making false images uh, uh, out of God but, and to keep his commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Just keep on turning. <clears throat> and I may skip, skip past some of this uh, to, get, to get to the point. Uh, Again, he's repeating to them to take heed to the things that they've heard uh, and the things that they've seen. Verse 10, For the land whither thou goest to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence ye came out. Thy seed uh, uh, from whence thou came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with the, fo- with the foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither ye go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh the water of the rain of heaven. You know, I get this picture. And of course, if you think about the land that they lived, lived in down there in Egypt. Uh, and what he's saying uh, almost was that uh, the land you had down there was, uh, was well watered. You, you, you irrigated it from, from the river. It was a, a damp, wet land. You could, all, you could press the seed down in with your foot, I think. And, and the land would be watered in there. And the water would flow down in between the rows. And everything was beautiful and green. He says, the land you're going to is not like that. It's a land of hills and valleys. Uh, the water runs off. It doesn't stay there. It's not like the delta. It's not like the delta marshy land that you came out of down there in Egypt where things were kind of damp and wet. You could plant stuff. He said, this is a land that if it gets water, uh, God sends the water. Uh, it's a land of hills and valleys. Uh, uh, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. A land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even to the end of the year. This is God's land. <laughs> this is God's land. And God watches over it day and night from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. I'll tell you, uh, <clears throat> that makes it a special place, right? Uh, and God God gave it a special place here. And he says, uh, and it shall 
shall come to pass, if, she, if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, uh, which I command, listen to the commandments uh, that I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season. You know what? The land down there was a land where the, where the Nile River flowed down through there. They had irrigation ditches. And whether it rained or didn't rain, as long as it rained back somewhere along the Nile, they could get water into their fields and water their gardens. He said, but I'm sending you to a land of hills and valleys. God watches over this land, but it's only going to get rain if you continue to follow after and keep the commandments of God. And then God will bless the land to get its rain in its season. He says, if you will hearken diligent to my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart, I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, and I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle that thou mayest eat and be full, that, uh, that, that thou mayest eat and be full. Take heed to yourselves. Boy, there we go again. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not saved and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. So, first of all, don't make images of of things that are not God. Take heed that you don't worship other gods. Uh, he said, uh, and the Lord's, and the, then the Lord's wrath, take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the Lord's wrath will be kindled against you and he shall shut up the heavens that there be no rain and the land yield not her fruit lest ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. Now, we, we discussed this the other night. He, he, he warns them a little bit later. We get over 27, 28 chapters. He says, I'll make the rain to be dust. <laughs> I'll make it so that there, there'll be no rain, and your rain will be just the dust of the air coming down uh, if you don't follow after these things. In fact, he goes on and tells them, that's exactly what's going to happen to you. That's exactly what's going to happen to you. And don't, tell, and, and don't say, take heed to yourselves. And don't say, well, God didn't tell us this. Uh, how, many, how many of us today look at, look at uh, what's going on in our, in our land, uh, in our country, maybe in our churches, uh, uh, maybe in our homes and our families, uh, and, uh, and so, well, I didn't know. You didn't know. <laughs> Haven't you heard? Haven't you seen? Didn't you read? Didn't you hear? Uh, God, God will not continue to bless, uh, my friends, when we turn our backs on God and turn to other things and make our lives and our families and our churches other, worship uh, other things besides the one true and living God. We need to take this serious. <laughs> this is serious uh, uh, today. Uh, and, uh, and we can uh, say, well, it, uh, you know... Uh, uh, it's just something I do on Sundays. No, it's something we need to do all week long. We need to worship God. We need to give Him a place of honor in our homes and our families. Uh, and He tells us, uh, then He goes on and tells us. I'm, I'll read on through this before I get to the 12th chapter, and I might get to the 12th chapter, and I might not today. Uh, but He tells us then, uh, take heed to yourselves, uh, that your heart be not deceived. You know, now we, we know this, and sometimes I... I point out things that, you know, y'all might say, well, why does Charles say that like that? But <clears throat> he wouldn't have said, take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived if it wasn't possible for their hearts to be deceived. And I'm going to tell you today, it's possible for your heart to be deceived. Uh, we can be deceived by the uh, uh, the gods of this world, by Satan himself, by the latest advertising, by the latest political campaign, whatever it might be. You can find yourself deceived so that you're following after things that are totally contrary to God's word, and you can you can convince yourselves uh, like many of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I say that uh, very humbly and honorably, I guess, this morning that I believe many of God's children are being deceived by what's being taught in the uh, in the stands today of many uh, of many of our churches uh, saying well God's changed God's not like he used to be and so there's things that we ought to just accept to go along with now God has not changed and we're deceiving ourselves our hearts are being deceived by the things we're being taught 
And so uh, my, my, my admonition to all of you is don't be, don't be deceived. Go back to what does, what does God's Word say about some things and go back and study it uh, and learn from it. And uh, uh, I'm reach, I've reached a point, you know, and I'll say, I'm 62. I've said that before recently. I'm, I'm almost 63. <clears throat> Do you know I'm still learning things from God's Word? Not too old. We don't get too old to learn some things from God's Word. And so if we get to the point where we think we know it all, I'm telling you we're in for a fall. Uh, and we're being deceived, uh, but we can still learn some things from God's Word and we can learn daily and weekly and so forth. So he says, Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hands now, <laughs> uh, and that, that they may be frontlets between your eyes. Now, uh, God, God meant to keep these, the Word of God close to you, okay? Uh, but I don't believe like we were over in Israel back some time ago and there were uh, certain groups of rabbis over there. They had these little boxes on their heads uh, and no doubt the little box had some, some folded up scripture inside of it because they wanted to keep the Word of God on their frontlets, okay? Uh, between their eyes. Uh, so that it, And they probably had some things bound on strings upon their hands and so forth. Uh, uh, they've taken this way beyond ridiculous, okay? Uh, He said, keep God's Word before you. Keep it in front of you. Keep it before your eyes. Keep it uh, in your hands and what you do. Therefore, shall you lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as, be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thy house and when thou walkest by, walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou risest up, and thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house, uh, of thine house and upon thy gates. Uh, in other words, keep God's word before you daily. Teach it to your children. Uh, yes, uh, if you if you know you can go to a uh, uh, to Israel or whatever, you can buy a little what they call mezuzahs. You know what they are. You put them on the doorpost of your house. You're supposed to roll some scripture up and put it in there so that the Word of God is on the doorpost of your house. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, okay? I'm just saying, uh, you know, if you're going to really keep it right, keep it on the doorpost of your hearts. Keep it on the doorpost of your mind. Keep it in front of your eyes. Listen to it. Pay attention. Teach your children these things. Uh, when thou, uh, And you shall teach them to your children Speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house. In other words, there ought to be some time when you're sitting in your house that you're teaching God's word. That's what it ought to be. That's what it's saying. When you sit in your house, uh, when you walk by the way, you're out taking a stroll with your children uh, down the street in the park. Uh, do you ever mention God's word? Do you ever mention anything about uh, see the birds, see the trees, see the see the great creation uh, that we're out here enjoying? Uh, because there's time for teaching and reminding them that we can see God everywhere. Okay, when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking by the way, when you're lying down, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Uh, write them on the doorpost that your days may be multiplied and your days and the days of your children in the land of the Lord swear to your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. <clears throat> For if you shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you to do, to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his, all his ways and to cleave unto him, then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you and ye shall possess Greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Uh, I know this was a specific commandment to Israel. I'm going to drive out the Canaanites and the Hittites and nations that are greater than you as far as military might and power. God said, I will drive them out before you if you will just follow my commandments and keep them and teach them to your children and do what I tell you. I'll take care of your battles. But I'll tell you today for us, uh, we can sit around and, and think about uh, what, are, what are the battles that we're facing? And do we trust God to win our battles for us? Are we, are we, do we trust Him enough that, one, we will do what He commands us to do so that God will be on our side <laughs> uh, fighting our battles for us? And He says, uh, Every place 
uh, whereupon the sole of your feet shall tread shall be yours from the wilderness uh, and wilderness and Lebanon from the river uh, and Lebanon from the river the river Euphrates under the uttermost sea shall be your coast there shall no man be able to stand before you for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon the land that you shall tread upon as he uh, as he has said unto you behold I set before you this day a blessing. Uh, a blessing and a curse. Uh, this is a repeated thing in Deuteronomy, and I think also it's, a, it's repeated in a lot of ways in the New Testament to us today. God has set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing, uh, uh, a blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandment of the Lord your God, uh, but turn aside out of the way that I command you this day to go after other gods. Now, uh, and he goes on down through here and he gets down to Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. Brother Adam, you're just going to love this. Uh, uh, the, 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 the tribes that were blessed, every one of the tribes that were blessed were the children of either Leah or Rebekah. The tribes that were cursed were the children of the, the, maid, the maids except for Reuben, and we know why Reuben was cursed, and Zebulon, and I haven't figured out Zebulon yet. But anyway, uh, but the ones that were blessed were all Leah and Rachel's children. I thought, well, now isn't that interesting? That the, the, the wives that God gave unto Jacob were the, were the ones that were, were blessed. And that was something we were looking at the other night. So it's, it shall come to pass when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land, whither thou goest to possess it, thou shalt put the blessings upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. Are they not, uh, not on the other side of Jordan by the way where the sun goeth down and so forth? So God, is, God has told them, uh, and I like this the other night. God set the, set the commandments. He told them to write the commandments on the stone and plaster the stone so that it would be there for years uh, and to put it up there on, uh, on the mountain so that it would be something they could remember year after year after year. And every time they would look at those mountains, they'd say, God set before us a blessing and a curse. A blessing and a curse. A blessing if we keep His commandments and a curse if we disobey His commandments. And every time I look at those mountains, I'm reminded... God has set before me today a blessing and a curse. You know, that's one of the great things. You know, around here we don't have a whole lot of that. Uh, but out in, the, out in the west, you know, where you get up out there and you wake up and you look at the Rocky Mountains in Denver or whatever. And every morning you get up and you're reminded of the beauty of some of the biggest, prettiest mountains out there. And then the, when the children of Israel came on the other side of Jordan, every day they got up and they didn't just see desert. <clears throat> They saw some mountains out there before them, and every day they saw those mountains, they were reminded a blessing and a curse, a blessing and a curse. God set before us today a blessing and a curse. You know, God, God is so good to give us reminders of things that we can remember. And so as he, he starts into this 12th chapter, and I'm not going sure I'm going to get very far into this, uh, uh, but he tells us, These are the statutes and the judgments which ye shall observe to do in the land where the Lord thy God, thy fathers, giveth thee to possess it. All the days that ye live on the earth, ye shall, utter, ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye, are, which ye shall possess serve their God. So, not, not only are you, am, I, am I going to give you the land, but when you get in there, you destroy their high places and their groves and you tear them down. And guess what? They didn't do it. They might have done some of it. Some kings did part of it later on in the history of the land of Israel. They did some, some did, some didn't, some did some. Very few did all, okay? Uh, but he says, uh, Go in upon the high places, the mountains, the hills, under every green tree. You shall overthrow their altars, break down their pillars, burn their groves with fire. You shall hew down their graven images of their gods and destroy the names out of that place. Ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God. You're not going to do him that way, but their gods you're going to tear down and so forth. Uh, and as we turn over a little bit further... I'll just close with this, uh, and we'll we'll leave off today. But he t if we get over into the thirteenth verse, he says, "Take heed to thyself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest." 
God's got a particular place he wants your offerings to be made. Uh, don't, don't give your burnt offerings anywhere, but only in the place that God tells you to do this. And we see that followed out as we've, as we've studied through the book of Deuteronomy. He told them on, on various occasions, uh, uh, if you live too far to take your bird offerings to where I'm, well, go and sell it, take your money, go up there and uh, celebrate in the, the place where, the, uh, where I've set up my tabernacle. But he says, only give the bird offerings where I tell you to give the bird offerings. And that's the place that I set my name. So anyway, uh, take heed to yourselves this week. Uh, I find that theme throughout the scriptures, and we hadn't even gotten to all the ones here in the 12th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, but he tells us, take heed to yourselves. And if we'll do that, if we'll take the right heed, pay attention to the right things, follow after the right things in our lives, God says he would bless us. And that, uh, But if we don't, uh, he's also said there's a curse waiting for us. Uh, he didn't, he didn't say, uh, if you don't, I'll cast you into hell. No, but he said there'll be a, there'll be a curse come upon you and that God will not bless you in the things that, uh, that you're trying to do. So anyway, uh, continue to think upon some of these things as we go throughout this week. Uh, give the more earnest heed to the things you've heard that by doing this, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine for in doing this, you'll save yourself and those that hear you. Pay attention to what you teach. Teach what God's Word teaches. Teach it to your children. Follow after it. Keep up with it. Do it. God will bless you. May God bless us as we continue studying through some of these things because uh, one thing I know, the, the, uh, the Old Testament's full of this. Take heed to yourselves. Then we get over to the New Testament and Jesus has a whole group of things where he says, take heed. Take heed. There's things we ought to be paying attention to as we're going through this old world. If we don't know, if uh, if they didn't put stop signs and yield signs and uh, speed limit signs and road entrance signs all up and down the highway, you know, driving would be full of surprises. <laughs> and it wouldn't all be good. But uh, if we take heed to the things that God's Word tells us to do, uh, we can we know how to navigate the highway of life. That's what I want us to do. May God bless you. Is our prayer.